the relationship with your parents as you are becoming a grown-up. I'm really excited about diving into this conversation. Recently, I did a poll on Instagram with a few hot topics you wanted to hear more about, and this was overwhelmingly the number one response. Obviously, this is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and often I think of this stage as you know, this transition from being a kid, a teenager in college to a grown-up. It's like a toddler adulthood, baby adulthood. And when it comes to this relationship that's changing so much between your parents, who's talking about it? I don't know, not enough people, but that my friends is what we are going to talk about today. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was young. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. A couple years ago, I had an aha moment as it relates to this topic of a relationship with your parents as you become an adult. And for me, it wasn't terribly long ago. Brian and I have been married several years. Our kids were um, probably elementary age, but we were in a small group and there was, I don't know, maybe five to seven couples and everyone was just kind of getting to know each other. And we were sharing a little bit just about our stories. And as everyone was going around the room, I started to notice a pattern And that pattern was that every single person and people, you know, husband and wife were sharing their story individually, but every single person was basically talking about how they had terrible parents. I mean, every single person, like uh, whether there was infidelity or neglect or um, overbearing helicopter, like whatever it was, everyone was talking about how they had terrible parents. And these were like good adults who had good jobs, who were involved in the church, who were raising their kids to be, you know, warriors for Christ, like what I would consider like really good people. And every single one of them talked about how they had terrible parents. And as I started to think more about that, I was like, that's kind of a bummer story. It's honestly kind of like the victim story, right? Because all of us, if we're honest, have terrible parents. And you know what? All of us, if we're honest, have great parents, because guess what? We have humans for parents and they're both, they are both good and they are both bad. I had another Eureka as it relates to all of this was on a YouTube video. It's a channel called editing is everything. And y'all, this is so powerful. So they took clips from the greatest showman. If you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it, but they took clips from the same exact movie and they made it look like they made a trailer look like it was into seven different genres. So they would just take different clips and make it look like it was a thriller movie, make it look like it was a horror movie, make it look like it was a comedy or a fantasy or even a war movie, just based on different clips, putting together around a trailer, you could make it look like anything you want. And that was like, that is true of what we remember of our growing up years. You know, like I can remember really good things about my childhood and paint this incredible 
picture, this movie, this trailer of my childhood and the good things, or I can paint a horror thing. It's the same movie. It's the same story. It's your same childhood, but it's the clips that you choose to focus on. Now, I, of course, have to say a disclaimer because I cannot possibly, you know, all-encompassing unpack everyone's childhood. And yes, there is trauma that needs to be worked through and not just brushed under a rug and just, you know, pretend like it was all sunshine and roses. Um, But at the same time, like, I feel like it is, is easier when we blame our parents and say, oh, they were horrible and therefore I'm the victim. Uh, probably just offended some people by saying that, but I do believe it is easier instead of doing the work and saying, even, even the most flawed parents in some ways probably did the best they could with what they had. Um, you know, maybe they have their own issues of, you know, abuse and misguidance and whatever. And, you know, even, even the worst parents, um, probably did as best they could with what they had. So obviously this podcast is never to replace counseling or to encourage you to not seek that out and work through the hard things. And I'm a big proponent that we all have some junk and we all have some stuff we need to work through. And we actually just went to a marriage conference and it said that uh, one of my takeaways was that uh, a marriage is only as strong as the least healthy individual. And that was really convicting. Like, gosh, what can I do just personally in my own life to bring my best self, which is always in progress, right? Not just when you're dating, not just when you're early married, not, I mean, forever. I want to be doing the work, um, digging through past scars, whatever it might be to bring my best self just to the world and certainly to my marriage and to as a mother and all of that kind of stuff. So all that being said, yes, there is junk that we have all worked through, but Generally speaking, most of us from a generally good, as best as our parents could do household, we honestly have the choice, you know, uh, again, yes, working through hard things, but to choose what we see. Um, My parents got divorced when I was young and, you know, my dad uh, didn't live in the same household as we did. And um, I could paint the picture that I had a dad that wasn't there and, you know, he never showed up or whatever, whatever. Um, or I can remember he did what he could to be at my Girl Scouts father-daughter dance. Actually, he never missed one. He did what he could to be in my brother's t-ball games. And so while both stories are true, I get to choose what I see. And even if 90% of the story is bad, for me, for my own journey, for just healing and just seeing the best and not holding grudges and not playing the victim. I just want to see the 10% good as loud and as blaring as possible. Um, I just think it does everyone the biggest favor to see that. Like I said, even if it's a smaller percentage, um, and most of us have more than that, most of us more than 10% good. Um, but to see that good louder than that bad. Well, I'm just hitting the ground running today with this episode and probably made a lot of you guys think already, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a lighter burden to carry when we choose to see the good. And, you know, again, I've, I've talked to people with some really, really rough stories and even then choosing to say like, my parents really did the best they could. And yes, this part was hard, but this part was awesome. There's a book called The Glass Castle, and it was made into a movie. Really good. Um, but 
their parents were really, really rough. And she ended up becoming a journalist and writing a book about it. And, you know, talking about extreme poverty, they had like mushrooms growing out of books inside the house because their roof was leaking and the parents were stealing from the children. And it was a disaster. Um, But the picture she paints of the little things that were beautiful and how when they didn't have any money, the dad would take them all outside on Christmas and have them look up at the stars and that star I'm going to name after you. And that's your Christmas present and how just magical that was for her as a little girl. Um, It doesn't take away that her dad was a drunk and, you know, tried to steal from her and all this other stuff, but choosing to see that glimpse of good. I just think it's healing. I just think it's such a lighter load to carry. But speaking of a lighter load to carry, perhaps a lighter topic as it relates to this, you know, relationship with your parents as you're becoming a grown up is just going to be your day to day relationship. I want to talk specifically right now to the people who are about to get married or maybe already married. So this is interesting because you are creating your own little family and leaving your family of origin to get married and start your own family one day. So I know that I had a hard time with this because I was like, but I want to live beside my mom and I want to move back to um, be around family and also like letting my family of origin kind of rule everything that I thought was important. But instead, what I needed to focus on, and this was a little bit hard lesson for me to learn, is that I was creating my own little family and my own little traditions and my family, even when it was just my husband and I needed to be the priority. For example, when we first got married, he was in youth ministry and he had to be at a Christmas Eve service at our local church. And my mom's side celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve and my dad's side on Christmas day. And that became very complicated because we were having to be at a church three hours away on Christmas Eve in the evening, and then get to my mom's house on Christmas Eve in the evening, and then to my dad's house Christmas day. And and like, it was just complicated. And, um, what I wish I would have done better is to prioritize my own new little family. And, um, yes, your family of origin is important. And yes, you want to be there for Christmas as you can. But at the same time, I think that when you are kind of pigeonholed in a decision like that, you have to choose what's best for you in your own little family now. And this is complicated because mama wants you there for Christmas and daddy wants you there for Christmas. And this isn't a one size fits all. And if you can make it all work, yes, for sure. But, you know, between people living in different cities and celebrations and parents that are divorced and all the different Christmases you have to celebrate, sometimes you have to make choices. And so I would say in those instances, you need to choose you and your current new family. The Bible talks about this. It's talking about leaving and cleaving. So leaving your family of origin and cleaving to your new family. And um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I wish I could say that there's a light switch to make this super easy, uh, but it's not. And sometimes this is just a growing pain of becoming an adult and cutting those apron strings, as they say, and um, never neglecting your family, never being like, well, you don't matter anymore. I don't think that that's the answer. I think that, you know, your family of origin is always important, but sometimes, yeah, when you're just forced into it, you'd have to choose your new family. 
Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am, but real quick, I want to tell you it is a start of a new semester and that means I'm filling up my calendar with speaking events. I'm still offering lots of Zoom and of course some in-person events are starting to happen sometimes here and there. Will we ever go back to normal? I don't know. I'm mostly booked by sororities, but I also love women's groups or organizations. Anywhere you need some motivation, I am your girl. So check out my website, katiebulmer.life. I have a link for speaking with all the information you need. Send me a message and we'll get the conversation started. That's katiebulmer.life slash speaking. When I was preparing for this episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could go in 20 different directions. You know, when it talks about how to relate to your parents as you're becoming a grown up, there's so many different directions I can take this. But recently I had a call with a girl through mentoring. So I do online mentoring, um, girls book calls with me and one conversation that stood out, obviously I'm going to keep the names private and stuff like that. But essentially the relationship with her parents was strained, particularly with her dad because of her choice of major and they were fighting over politics and you know, um, just some big life choices that had definitely put a rift in between them. And yeah, she was just like feeling the weight of that and feeling like, you know, it was closer to the holidays and I would like to go home for Christmas and talk about my life, but he isn't proud of my choice of major and always brings up a side remark. And all of this is so real and you might relate in one way or the other that, oh my gosh, yes, that's me in a similar way. Um, so what we ended up talking about on our mentoring chat is I think that this is really just as it relates to all arguments, but, um, especially with your parents is trying to find that common ground. And, you know, essentially arguments start just because people don't see each other's point of view and something that a really powerful way to start a conversation like that is just help me understand. And so instead of, but you don't see this and, but me and blah, blah, blah. Um, well, help me understand why, um, you are concerned about this major. It's just very disarming. And speaking of that, anything, anytime you can like even enter a conversation of uh, apology, even if you, you know, and some people are like, Oh, I'm stubborn and I'm not going to apologize and they don't deserve my apology. I mean, you can think that, but it's not going to heal the relationship. And even if you have to bite your lip and just walk into a conversation with the attitude of like, Hey, you know, ever since I declared that major, we just haven't really been the same and I miss you and I miss our conversations and I'm sorry for my role in that. And I just want to start this Christmas season or whatever it may be off on a good, good foot. Um, and probably talking about that rift between you isn't the uh, best place to start. Maybe it's just t- picking a completely different topic. Maybe you both love football and it's like, Hey, did you hear that so-and-so was in the Super Bowl?" And, um, just rekindling that conversation and disarming is such a relief to both parties. It's just, it's such a relief. And there's going to be things as it relates to your parents that you probably may never see eye to eye on. You know, we talked about politics a second ago. That might be one of them. It could be, you know, some deep, deep issues. As the son or daughter, I don't know (laughs) that it is your job to make them see your point. You know, yes, there are circumstances and exceptions, um, but if it is a huge rift between you from some deep point, you know, continuing to 
beat a dead horse, so to speak, or hoping you're going to win them to see your side. It's just exhausting for both parties. And I think the relationship is more important than agreeing on politics or if creation was a literal seven days. I don't know. People have argued since the beginning of time on some things. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, like relationship needs to win out over being on the same page with something that may never happen. Uh, And that's okay. Like, I mean, not every parent and child agrees on every big topic in the world. Um, But again, fighting for that relationship and like, yeah, I cannot believe that they voted this way, but you know what? They are good humans and they raised me. And I remember the great times and I want to talk about her apple pie strudel recipe instead of politics. I don't know. I'm throwing out examples here, but um, if there is a riff over something inarguable, then just don't argue about it. Like just stop beating the dead horse and try and find a common ground. And um, like I said, that disarming as far as like opening up with an apology or using the language of help me to understand. I mean, even if it doesn't come natural at first, it's going to just grow you so much in maturity. It'll be so impressive. And think about the relief from at least a relationship on the road to healing if it doesn't heal it already. In other conversations I've had in mentoring, it just goes to show that this topic is is so hard to, you know, put in a box because I had a conversation with a girl who was very close to her family and, you know, got married and they decided to live on the family land and the grandparents were very involved and, and the husband loved him. Like everything was good. Like this was a, a, you know, think about like generations in our history. That's pretty much how people did life. You know, you would all do life on the family land and grandparents were there to help. And that's kind of a good thing because you you have this young couple trying to figure out newlywed and marriage and you have an older couple there to guide and watch kids and help with cooking and blah, blah. I think that's awesome. Um, But some people are like, "Uh, no way. I don't want to be anywhere near my parents. I want to move to Zimbabwe uh, and start a new life. Like there's no one size fits all here, you know, and there's so many different ways to do this. I talked with another girl who had a very toxic mother and she was trying to be very involved in her young married life. And to the point where it was making the daughter like physically ill because she, her mom was just so overbearing and she didn't know how to like control her. Um, And unfortunately they kind of had to cut each other out of their life. And the daughter became much physically healthier once she got that toxic out of her life. Now I would eventually hope that that relationship can be restored. Um, but again, you see how different these conversations and these relationships can be. I think ultimately we all crave relationship restoration, but again, th- there's so many variables here. Ultimately, I think if we have to boil this down and this is true for no matter your family of background and the family you want, is asking yourself, what story do you want to tell? So as you know, the beginning of this episode, I was talking about sitting in that small group and listening to everyone tell a story of their terrible parents. In reality, their parents, at least for most of most of them, weren't even really that bad. And, you know, here 
Brian and I are raising our own two daughters who one day will be in a small group sharing their story. And hopefully they will not be saying that we are all that bad. Um, but we're all writing a story. We are writing a story, you know, Brian and I are writing a story right now uh, that our kids will tell one day. And again, just like that editing, there's going to be good in that story and there's going to be bad. And we just pray that they remember the good louder than the bad. And as a 20 something, thinking about the own story that you're writing with your parents, this is a transitional time. And this is a time that may be really important in your relationship. And like, mom, I am... I don't know, buying a house for the first time. Like I would love for you to walk me through that. I am buying a car for the first time on my own. These are like huge life things and what a wonderful bonding opportunity, right? And then there's also like, I need to stand on my own two feet and figure this out. And like, I want to do this with your blessing and with your support, but not um, necessarily with you standing beside me. Like there's so many different things, but ultimately I would just ask, as it relates to the good and the bad from our family, the highs and the lows, the junk and the good stuff. Like what story do you want to tell? I feel like I understand this better than I ever have at any point in my life as someone who speaks to 20 year olds. uh, Yet I have my own daughters and I am a daughter as well. And being able to see a lot of different perspectives um, around this subject and The one thing I want you to hear is your parents love you fiercely. They probably get it wrong because they're human. They probably have said the wrong thing. They have probably loved you the wrong way, too much, too little. You know, they have probably messed up one time or another. And you are also a beautiful and brave individual who are, you're done, you know, being a kid. And you get the opportunity to take all that you have learned from these incredible people and start your new family, start your new legacy, start writing your new story. So to wrap this up in a bow as best as I can, um, don't be afraid to do the hard work if that is necessary. And, you know, sometimes it is for all of us to go to counseling or work through some stuff to bring our best healthy self to our future. You know, we can't choose the life we had, but we can choose the life we want. That is a quote from Redeeming Love, my favorite movie. You should go see it. (laughs) We can't choose the life we had, but we can choose the life we want. And we have all walked through some junk. That's true too. No matter how perfect your family is, you probably have walked through some junk, but you are starting a new family. Even if you're not married yet, even if that is, seems like so far away one day soon, Everything that you have learned through your childhood will affect you, but you get to choose what you bring with you, what you teach your future children, the traditions that you have, the way you discipline, the way you have faith or devotions or mealtime, like you get to decide and what a wonderful opportunity. Like this is talk about the pen being in your hand, you know, um, what, no matter what was good or what was bad from your childhood and your future spouse as well, like you guys get to decide, you guys get to make your own new legacy. And I want you to, with permission and with excitement and with like fire to be like, okay, even if it's 10% good, if it's 90% good, take the good and rewrite what you want to, to make your own family. Oh, this gets me so excited for the next generation. Something I say all the time online is 
20-somethings, my single friends, you get the opportunity to choose mommies and daddies, the next generation of mommies and daddies, the next generation of husbands and wives, the next generation of leaders of the world. (laughs) So take the good that you had from your childhood. Remember it as loud as you can. Work through the junk if you need to. And walk forward with that good tools in your hand. Go grab the new tools that you may need. There's so much out there with books and counseling and self-help and the Bible. Take the good stuff, leave the bad stuff, and create an incredible new legacy. I'm so proud of you, and I cannot wait to cheer you on. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. If you like this episode, do your girl a favor, take a screenshot wherever you're listening and share it on social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life and I will reshare and thank you so much for spreading the word. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. It really helps other girls to find us. And guess what, you guys? We just reached 200,000 downloads. That is all thanks to you. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for leaving a review. And thanks for joining us each week for some truth for your 20s.